welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. I am Kelsey Loizel and I am hosting. <laughs> dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Dramatic, dramatic pause. pause. You know why? Why? Because you're talking already and I didn't introduce you, so shut up. Dramatic pause. <laughs> hosting with me today is my host, who is jovial and indefatigable. Okay, I've heard jovial, uh-huh. but you have to remind me what that definition is. Like happy, jolly. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a fat, fat, happy, ha- fat, happy person. Why okay. do people think jolly means fat? Jolly green giant, ho ho ho, you know. But he's not fat. He's just huge. Well, he, exactly. He's tall. Exactly. He's huge. You're not tall. Shut You're up. average. Shut up! Shut up! They don't know that. Ladies, I'm six foot four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, what's, what's the other... Indefatigable. What the fuck is that? Persisting, persisting tirelessly. Okay. Yeah, I, can, I can picture like myself an, doing that. Yeah, a sentence they used was an indefatigable defender of human rights. Indefatigable. I can't even say that. Indefatigable. Is that how you say it? Indefatigable. Indefatigable. <laughs> <laughs> I everybody. It's Mark Salcedo. The indefatigable. <laughs> You're only indefatigable. Yeah. I'll, if you never give up on saying indefatigable. Yeah, I should say this the, throughout the entire episode. Yeah, I really like this movie, Indefatigable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to um, welcome you guys back to the show. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Yeah, I am now working from home on mm-hmm. a mandatory basis. Mm-hmm. My kids are now driving me insane. I made my boss laugh because I told her I want to punch my nine-year-old in the throat. <laughs> she had it on mute, but she actually took it off mute to tell me she was giggling because she thought <laughs> it was hilarious. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Because um, uh, they closed the schools down, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know, your school too, right? Yeah, my daughter's school had closed down as well. And this, of course, this is, you no, can't no, escape your, it. To your school. Oh, yeah. yeah my I mean, school, yeah. Our kids at, go to the same school district, so all of our kids are out. But Yeah, my, my school um, that I attend, they I got the email today. They, they canceled classes up until the end of March. So, And I think, like, those first two weeks, those last two weeks are just me not doing stuff, not doing anything other than maybe, like, working on projects I've been putting on the back burners. Mm. But, um, you know, people pulling guns on each other for toilet paper. That did happen, right? Yeah, my brother works at Target. Yeah, he told me. And that happened. He said there were sheriffs called and like people were getting into a fist fight and then somebody pulled a gun on the other guy. It's, it started. I saw, I kind of saw a little bit of rowdiness when uh, I went to, um, one of my local stores to get water. It wasn't anything super crazy, but like it was to a point where people were looking at, this one person yelling at another person mm. and not like yelling at him like get the fuck out of here but more like hey like come over here like stand in this line like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but people were looking like holy shit is this the moment is this when we're all gonna fucking pop off and just steal stuff yeah. like you can just you can just hear the ticking feel the sweat dripping even though it's raining you just like how people feel when they're about to rush a store for like black friday exactly exactly and then someone always like starts it before they're actually let in and then there's like a stampede and yeah. people are getting run over yeah that's all it needs one person just to like, <laughs> like do a false start no it, it's just it's it just takes one person 
<laughs> at the BET Awards to throw a chair at somebody. It's the start of fight. <laughs> if you guys get that reference, I hope you guys do. Well, as per our usual, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Real Appeal with two E's in real. Uh, the Real Appeal at gmail.com is our email address. Please review us on iTunes so we mm. can get noticed more. Um, I, you know, I want to add something to the email. Um, if you guys, um, I, you know, you guys are listening, drop us an email to see how you're doing, how you're surviving as we're getting closer to the apocalypse. Oh, you yeah, know, if we, you have any stories that you would like us to mention, anything mm. you've seen or heard or, you know... Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like like legit stuff. Not like, oh, I heard that like the Pentagon's gonna close down, and not like some crazy like wackadoo conspiracy. Like, this was like how how your life is treating you right now. What's going on with the madness on your street? Speaking of, mm-hmm. I, I forgot to tell everyone. What was that? While I was at Stater Brothers, okay, I was standing behind this lady, this elderly lady mm-hmm. who was like, "It's so wrong how, you know." Someone in our government, it could be Trump, but I don't think it's him because he's a good president. But mm, I already fucked up right there. Somebody in the president has created this illness and is just spreading it everywhere to take out all of the elderly people just so the government doesn't have to pay us benefits. No, no, she's she was wrong. Um, the government created this virus to take out the elder people because they keep voting against their fucking interests. <laughs> that's why they keep voting to fuck us all over but you know whatever whatever mm, yeah yeah anyways right. to continue um we are doing the news our recent review of the hunt um our variety time segment is going to be replaced with rebooting westworld kind of like how we did we watched the watchman mm-hmm. um so we're going to be going over westworld's uh episodes um, then we have our geriatric cinematic of The Running Man. Our recent review is The Hunt. I don't think I mentioned that. No, yeah, you did. But, you know, you didn't mention it this time. <laughs> um, our connection for this episode will be The Most Dangerous Game. And just to give you guys a heads up, um, we are going to have a change up on our show format uh, for, you know, for... Yeah. A short time. Yeah, we're going to... Um, Hopefully. We'll let you guys know at the end of the show. We got a bit of an announcement of how we're going to kind of change up the show, given the events that has been going on. Yeah, um, since we're not allowed to go to movie theaters anymore. Yeah, so, you know, just like, people should stay, into, stay tuned near the end um, to see how the format is going to change. It's not going to be drastically, but there ha- it has to change just because of what's been going on, um, what's going on in today's in today's world uh to take a little step back on what kelsey said regarding the westworld segment yeah it's just like how we did uh we watched the Watchmen, um but we're gonna do uh every episode for the foreseeable future i think there's like 10 uh, 10 episodes for westworld season three mm-hmm. so from here on until the end of the show we're just going to be talking about westworld in a particular segment for the for each episode um, yeah, we did that for we watched the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, it's it, you know this to give you guys a heads up. It, it's going to be spoil spoiler filled, we're, but we're going to dissect it. We're going to try to theorize what's going to happen and everything. We always give you a bumper too, so that you're not like, oh shit, I didn't hit 
stop or whatever in time. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. always give you a bumper so you know. Yeah, but we are actually really looking forward to it. But we are looking forward to talking about Westworld because we saw the first episode and fuck, it was so good. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yes, Westworld's back. There is a little bit of light at the end of that tunnel. Yes. As I mean, it, if the coronavirus has to be here, this is the perfect time. You know, I'm going to be pissed off if the coronavirus just like wipes us out before we get to the final episode. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> fuck. Anyway. Unless you believe in, you know, the afterlife and then you can sit on the couch under, you know, ne- as a ghost next uh, to some unsuspecting still living person and watch, uh, you know, mooch off of their HBO subscription. They never know you're there. That's true. But see, people are, are generally stupid. So I can't really talk to him and be like, oh, my God, so do you think? Well, I mean, goes. they couldn't hear you anyway. Yeah, but I want to talk to somebody about it. Well, then once you leave, you can go hang out with your ghost friends. Well, how do I know if they watched it as well? Well. And why couldn't they just go with me? It's not like the guy's going to notice that we're there. There's only so many seats on a couch, and you don't want to sit on some living it's person's a fucking, lap. It's a fucking, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. You are a ghost? Yes, I'm wow. a ghost. From this mark beyond the grave. I don't know why I talk like that. All right, let's, can we get out of that and get into the new segment, please? It's stupid. <laughs> yes. Uh, Universal, which I forgot was also NBC. <laughs> Go on. Uh, they are making Trolls World Tour, The Hunt, Invisible Man, all available early on home entertainment so mm. like you could stream their movies and they're making it available immediately yeah that this has never there's been a lot of talk about doing this for a few years now because a lot of people claim or want to say that you know the theaters will the theater chains will die because everybody wants to stay at home and watch these movies and shit like that uh, but Universal, given the effect, given the events of what's going on with the coronavirus and the fact that they actually, AMC is, well, actually not AMC, Regal Entertainment has officially closed all theaters across the nation. There are a lot of local theaters that are closing down. I think AMC has dropped their occupancy limit. By 50%. By 50%. So Universal's taking the opportunity to try to still salvage whatever they can from these films and... Yeah, The Hunt, The Invisible Man that are still in theaters, they're going to be available to watch on demand. Uh, I think as early as this coming Friday, from what I read, Emma's going to be available as well. Well, I think they're starting off with Trolls World Tour, so they're not doing them all at once. Oh, I think they're yeah, staggering yeah, absolutely them. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and that's supposed to be out on April t- April 10th. So let me see. The company is also make sure the currently available. No, no, it says yeah. The company will also make sh- uh, make films that are currently in theaters available on demand starting as early as Friday. So I guess Trolls is getting the April tenth treatment. Yeah. Um. I guess they're having them available for a forty eight hour rental period. That should be enough time. I mean, we're not going anywhere. But it's going to cost you twenty bucks. That's more than a fucking ticket. I know. Well, and see, then why wouldn't you just purchase it then if you're renting it for that much? Well, that, I mean, I, okay. I don't think I don't honestly don't think it's that much. It's twenty bucks to rent it. But you, let's say you have a family of four. Mm-hmm. Twenty bucks, boom! All four of us watch it at once. You so then just buy it. No, no, you can just watch it right there. And you want to buy or, it, or just buy it. Yeah, but sometimes maybe you don't want to wait. Maybe the world won't be here by the time it comes on Blu-ray or DVD. 
and they don't. It seems like they're not given an option to buy it. You, you think it's a do stupid. you think Trolls World Tour is that devastatingly important that you cannot wait to purchase it? You'd rather pay twenty dollars to rent it. Obviously, it is a sequel, so there is a demand for it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, you have a quote down here. Yeah. Uh, Universal the, Pictures has a broad and diverse range of movies, with 2020 being no exception. Rather than delaying these films or releasing them into a challenge distribution landscape, we wanted to provide an option for people to view these titles in the home that is both accessible and affordable. Uh, that was Jeff Shell, who is the CEO of NBC Universal. Um, we hope and believe that people will still go to the movies and theaters where available, but we understand that for people in different areas of the world, that is increasingly becoming less possible. I I actually see other thi- um, not other, th- other studios doing this. Um, Disney had released Frozen Two three months early, mm-hmm. earlier than they originally intended to on the Disney Plus streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was released like a week early, I think, on the streaming service. So I can actually picture this happening to other studios. Some people are actually demanding that like Fast 9 gets released on a, a streaming service or uh the new mutants which coincidentally is gets pushed back again this movie's <laughs> never seen the light of day um and and like no time to die people are That's like going back to november which has gone back to november like several movies that were supposed to be released either this month or the next couple months or whatever has been pushed back to like some even as like next year and people are just saying why don't you just release it on demand now and Therefore, they can get that money. Um, I don't think that it's possible that it could happen, maybe like slowly rolling out to see if there is a profit on it. But you guys have to remember that, like, they are potentially losing billions of dollars. Um, As for example, I believe the Hollywood Reporter had came out and said that Hollywood could take $20 billion hit because of the coronavirus. And this is like Hollywood, $20 billion. That's a lot. That's a lot of movies. And because a lot of movies got pushed back, like we said. Um, no Time to Die is going to lose about 30 to $50 million. Um, what else is going to... Quiet Place is going to lose about $30 million. Uh, Shang-Chi. And Little Mermaid. Yeah. But this is the one that blew my mind. It's about... Yeah, Shang-Chi and Little Mermaid. They're, Disney is losing 300000 to $350,000 a day. Oh, Day. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I will probably never see $300,000 in my life, and Disney's losing it in a day. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. So, people, you know, the whole thing with the coronavirus has been coming along, you know, and people are now self quarantining themselves. Um, certain areas are being closed off. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that we're going to follow Italy's route. And just close down the entire country. Well, they're saying, I saw some chart on Facebook where it was like our numbers Mm. um, in our timeline compared to the numbers in their timeline of Mm. like when they first got the virus and then when we did Mm. is like they're almost exactly the same. Like we're escalating at the same pace they did. Oh, wow. But somebody else made a point that we're 
a bigger country, like six times the size of Italy. Uh-huh. So a shutdown might not be as imminent, but they, they shut down around 9,000 something cases. Yeah. And we haven't quite got there yet. And but. I think, yeah, and, and like you say, we're a bigger country. We're a bit more spread out. I don't know. Italy's a more confined space. So the virus has an opportunity to spread faster. But the, but the thing I'm, I'm <sighs> noticing is that it seems like some cities or parts of the country barely start making certain decisions and within a week mm-hmm. the rest of the country follows suit so it's yeah. like okay some people are talking about the idea of working from home mm-hmm. for me four days later hey you guys should probably work from home and then two work days after that it's mandatory mm-hmm. wow. same thing with the schools closing it was like in these little pockets and then all of a sudden a week later all the schools are closed yeah now we have people in new york Mm. times square is on mandatory lockdown like that whole area is pretty much dead unless you have to go to the store or you have to go to the pharmacy yeah and something came out um san francisco is on lockdown as well uh they are closed it's gonna be like 20 it's a 24-hour lockdown for three weeks you can only go out if you have a doctor's appointment or if you have to go to the grocery store yeah or like or to the bank or something like that yeah which i honestly think i mean we're not to give you guys an idea where we're located we're not exactly inside of la we're about maybe we're kind of considered greater la which we're right on the edge of la county yeah and san Bernardino county yeah so we're kind of like in the middle but it hasn't it hasn't really reached out here that much. Like, there's maybe a couple of cases. What's funny, because where we're at, we haven't really had any cases. Mm. We've had some in Riverside. Um, we've had... In, but San Bernardino County was weird, because it's a fucking hellhole. Yeah, it's trash. It's like where all the biker gangs live. Yeah, and the meth heads and the gangsters and stuff like that. Yeah. So, we are... <sighs> kind of already doing like you know people are already hoarding schools are closed down kelsey's working from home you know i'm working from home i'm joking i never had a job (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and so it we're i think we're gonna follow suit la i think eventually the theaters are gonna close out oh actually you know what the the regal down here is closed i think the amc is still open too damn probably the the playhouse the, the yeah AMC's is still closed. open because la shut down all of the bars the nightclubs the theaters mm. anything having to do with entertainment should not be open where people are gathering um but we're not in la yeah so and we're not in la county we're in san bernardino county so yeah so where we are is not affected yet but probably within a week yeah we're like waiting for because that's what happens it happens in la and then a week later it happens here yeah we're waiting for like the mayor out here or like the governor um the governor of california to say like all of california is locked down yeah you know all these cities and stuff which i'm tells you i mean i'm not too worried about that because you know we're kind of stocking up already and you know i gotta like tons and tons of movies to watch (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of video games I never beat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plus a lot of writing to do. Oh, yeah, that too. Writing. New podcast. Yeah, that's right. Completely forgot. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I really got to beat the uh, Fallen Order, the Star Wars yeah, game. Yeah, of course. That's the most important thing. Yeah. That's more important than anything else. More, more important than hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's 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 jump out of that out of that badness and let's go into some goodness with um, 
first look of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Why is that a good news? Um, it's a little bit happier. It's a little bit of a musical. It's a little bit of acting. And it's a whole lot of Spielberg. Have you ever seen West Side Story? I've, I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw the movie um, maybe like five or ten years ago. I actually watched it out of out of curiosity because I heard how problematic it is with the race issue. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the, because um, it's supposed to be like whites against like Puerto Ricans, and the Puerto Ricans in the old movie, like in the nineteen fifties, were like essentially painted, <laughs> to like paint like they were brown skinned. Oh wow! And it was like really ridiculous. And the only person that's hilarious because Puerto Ricans are very they have a huge variation in skin color. Yeah, but these I mean these people were white. They were white. They weren't even, like, Puerto Rican at all? There was one Puerto Rican. She was the aunt. And she had a very minor role. And that's it. Oh, wow. And that's it. So, a bunch of, a bunch of pictures have were posted from, from Vanity Fair. This is during the interview. A big feature interview with Steven Spielberg. And I'm not a big fan of musicals. Some of them, I'll, I'll if it's really interesting, I'll check it out. You like La La Land. You're right. I did like La La Land. I did like it a lot. After... After a while, I was just like, yo, there's a lot of problems with that movie. That movie's too really? high fantasy. Yeah, because it's too high fantasy about like being an actor and trying to make it in Hollywood and stuff like that. That's supposed to be that way, though. It was... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That music's fucking awesome. It's That's, not about the music. It's about the story. I, yeah, but it's, it's even a little too fantasy type. Jesus. Anyway. Okay, anyway. 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 Uh... Yeah, Spielberg had said that this is like one. This is like a dream project of his that he's been wanting to do for years since he was a kid. Yeah, and his mother was the one who got him into, who showed him this movie, and he just felt an instant connection to it. Um, you guys should go check it on Vanity Fair. Look at the pictures. The, the pictures actually look pretty fucking awesome. Um, I'm trying to remember who's gonna star in it. What's his name? The dude from Baby Driver. Anton Yelkort or something like that. Elton Yelkort. Ansel Elgort. Yeah, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, and okay, so it's uh, the young lovers is Ansel Elgort and Rachel Ziegler. Sorry, they star as cross. uh, Sorry, they are star-crossed lovers, Tony and Maria. And a lot of these pictures are actually pretty dope. They're like high-quality picture. Um, type of stuff. And Spielberg, you know, Spielberg's a great director. I know we were kind of like shitting on him because he's kind of lost his way or he can't really roll at times. Old. Yeah, but this one is definitely his wheelhouse. And um, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of am looking forward to. I'm actually looking for more forward to that movie. Uh, what's it called? In the Heights. Mm-hmm. You sold me on that one. You showed me the trailer. I was just like, Yo, Jimmy Smith is singing. Oh shit! I know. I gotta like, check this out. And he's good too. Yeah, he was actually pretty dope in that in that trailer for what it, uh, for what it, I saw. Uh, so yeah, but what they promised to do this time around is they were actually they will actually have Hispanic performers playing their their respectable role mm-hmm. as Latinos, Latinas, and Puerto Ricans and stuff like that. Which I'm like, great, cool, yeah. Because if not, some authenticity. Thank you. Yeah, I know, right? But if if that didn't happen, whoo, um, that movie would have been boycott real quick. No, it wouldn't. I bet it would have. Yeah. But yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. We'll we'll link it in the show notes. But you guys should definitely check out the uh, the Vanity Fair piece 
on Steven Spielberg and um, West Side Story. I have some actual good news. Yes. Like actual good news. There's Donald Glover. Light at the end of the tunnel. Came out with new music on his website. Mm-hmm. He, no, we went to the website, right? It's donaldgloverpresents.com. Mm-hmm. And it's like just a picture, like a drawing or something. Yeah, from what I understand, it, it might be like a rough sketch of of the like album, album art. art. Yeah, the album art. And so it seems like he's going to drop a new album, mm-hmm. but it's like he's giving everyone a, a good preview of what might be on it. Yeah, some of them are are um, kind of like mix mixtapes or singles. Like, uh, what's that one song he came out with last summer? Feel Good Summer song or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's on there. It's on a it's on a infinite loop. It's just it's just going. And what there are like are no titles to the songs, are there? It's just it's just nothing, right? Yeah, it's just music. Yeah, just music plays. Yeah, Twenty One Savage and Ariana Grande have features on. It's about 56 minutes um, of music. So in there somewhere, you'll hear them. Um, They don't know when it'll officially be released or available on like Spotify or anything like that. Mm. Uh, But you can listen to it for free on his website. Yeah, we checked it out. And I mean, I mean, it's, 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 well, it's Donald Glover. It's, it's, it's just him. You were dancing in a certain way when oh, you heard yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I was feeling shit. The thing I find really interesting is that um, it doesn't go, it's not, no one, like, no one's saying, like, oh, I think one one article did say, like, oh, Childless Gambino has another, uh, is streaming this album. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are saying, like, oh, no, it's Donald Glover. And even the website is DonaldGloverPresents.com. Yeah, he dropped his moniker, so he is Donald Glover now. There's no Childish Gambino. That's the thing. I thought he was going to drop that moniker after his last album. Not the the one that just passed, but like he was going to do one more album as Childish Gambino, and then he was just going to stop music altogether. That's what he made it sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, then, and then I was led to believe that we were going to his last concert. Oh, yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> hey, you believed it. And it made that, that experience amazing yeah so he did you a favor he did he thanks did you a favor. thank you donald glover yeah. it didn't take yeah we know you're listening give me a call man we gotta hang out come on let's talk about community come back to community just make me laugh come back to community no come back to Derek comedy man i bumped into one of your homies i know you're listening he said he misses you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we we are we are huge charles gambino fans we saw him in concert what 2019 yeah, it was last year. Yeah, it was like fuck. the beginning of the year ish. And that was a great like April. Great show. Yeah, that was my first concert. Mm-hmm. Blew your mind. My away. only concert. We'll, we'll go to other concerts when the world stops freaking the fuck out. When the out. world stops ending. Yeah, when the world stops ending. <laughs> fuck, we're barely in March and holy shit. <laughs> Thank you, 2020, for the wild ride and the memories. Great way to start a dec- decade. Thanks for the memories. Okay. Want to get on to it? Yes, let's go and do it. Uh, let's get into our recent review of The Hunt. What is happening? What is all of this? Did you see that article? Every year, these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. 
gem of a well I know this movie was considered controversy last year and they are they're even marketing this movie as the most controversial movie that no one has ever seen mm-hmm. and after viewing it it's not really that controversial I mean mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because there's a. I just I just thought about something. The people who had the biggest problem with this was like people who watch like Fox News, who are like part of the Republican Party, or like, oh, I'm a deplorable, and they're they're talking about killing me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a message about that near in the middle of the movie that kind of like that played with that idea, mm-hmm. but in no way could could think that far ahead that this movie would cause enough controversy that make that. To actually make that judgment very sound, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty funny. Um, what, 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 what do I think about it? What do I really think about it? I think it's all right. It was honestly like an all right movie. Um, they sell it as a kind of like a like a dark, not a dark comedy, but like a violent comedy. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where I did kind of laugh out loud, like burst out laugh, but it was more like a ha, and like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like really clever. And the thing that sucks is like this movie could have been super clever. Like Damon Lindelof has been honestly, yeah, Pocket, I'm we're talking about the hunt. What? Why? <laughs> She's staring at me. Yeah, she like love me. Um okay, so yeah, it's 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 written by Damon Lindelof, who, like I say, killed it with the watchman. How did he do this? Yeah, it's weird. It's just like, yo, man, like, you were doing great with, like, The Leftovers, Summer Loss, 
and the Watchmen. Like, what happened with this? And you got a sense that they really wrote this movie in a way that um, it was like, hey, they do The Purge. We could do something like that as well. And then they did this. That's what that's that's how I feel about it. The acting, um, pocket, please. <laughs> what is she talking? She's been doing that lately, where she just goes on and on, and uh, she seems very frustrated that I don't understand her language. Well, why don't you? Because I'm not a cat. She, well, she's clearly telling you to I take mean, the toilet paper from the bottom of your foot. You, you know, gotta I think language. she wants me to plug her water back in. Oh, <laughs> I think she got used to that. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but it's too loud for the podcast. That's true. Okay, so yeah. Oh, the acting. So look, I want I want to bring about the acting. Um, the girl who played what is her name? Not Hillary Swank. What is that girl's name who played? Um, she played the the badass. Got Betty Gilpin. She played Crystal. Is that Betty Gilpin? Okay, yeah. Okay, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. I did like her performance. Uh huh. She's a really great. She's a really great actress. She's really good in. Uh, glow and that's the only thing i've ever seen her in but when i saw her in this i was like totally convinced that she was just kind of military redneck girl mm-hmm. but she wasn't like overselling it like i'm a redneck blah 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 like some of these people were like everybody she was pretty understated like the the movie was written for her yeah yeah definitely. everything else was written as like um you can kind of tell sometimes how things are written like mm. Sometimes people write things they think is like, this is an idea I have for a story, and mm. it's a well-rounded idea. Yeah. And sometimes people write stories like, I really love the idea of this character. And then they yeah. build something to support that character, and it sometimes falls flat because it was never a well-rounded idea to begin with. Yeah, like these the characters, the, uh, the characters that's not get, what's her name, Betty Gilpin? Mm-hmm. Those characters, when I picture them, I picture like a character caricature that the New Yorker would draw. To make fun out of like Republicans, yeah, like the extreme, um, over exaggerated personalities, like one of them, like Infowars, yeah, like Infowars, yeah, and it's like, it's it's really funny because one of the characters is like a podcaster, and I was like, huh, that's funny, but I was just like, yo, you're a podcast I would never fucking listen to. I would even like, yeah, because you're not Republican. It's not even that. <laughs> it's, it's not even. It's not even that. I used to listen to Alex Jones, like before he really started going fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I would like listen to a couple of episodes and be like, all right, let me check out this Infowars, see what this is all about. Because this is at a time where I was getting into conspiracy theories, and I was listening to Alex Jones, and I think two episodes in, I thought, you know what, I'm not this fucking loony, so I'm gonna back <laughs> the fuck up. And that's what like one of this characters, one of this character is. But I don't know. It was like, it was essentially like they were all fodder, except for Betty Gilpin. Yeah, and that was so annoying. Yeah, they were all fodder. It's like, wh- like I, I get why you're killing them, but it's just like, yo, you could just put anybody in this fucking role. And well, it's so stupid, too, because they kind of did do that, right? Mm-hmm. He, they had someone with her for like a little bit who was really annoying and she was basically dragging that person along. Yeah. He gets killed and right behind him comes somebody else who's exactly the same fucking way and she's trying to save him too. Mm. And and it's like, why are you doing this? Yeah, there was one girl who, who came in. She was actually at the start of the movie. I forgot what her character's name is. She was the girl that wore like all, the all blue kind of like they call her yoga pants in IMDb. Yeah. 
I actually wanted to find out about her because when they introduce this character, I when I saw her, I'm thinking of like Tommy Lauren or Tammy Lauren. You know, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was too. thinking of that, but like for the for the amount of time we were with her, I didn't get either if it, either if she was really like that or like expand further on the characters. Like some of the characters that came out, they wore the personality just all over them, except Where, for Justin Hartley's character because. You didn't really get a sense of who he was as a person at all. Mm-hmm. He seemed kind of cool. Yeah, and they they show like one picture, and you're like, oh, okay, he's an asshole, like yeah. like like that, right? Yeah. Well, I thought that was like a cheap. Sh- I wouldn't say it was a cheap shot, but it was it was just cheap. Like I would have mind. There was no character development. It was just yeah. Here's some evidence that he is an asshole. Yeah, like let him still be the asshole, but like. Act like one. Like Act he does like in one. This Is Us. Yeah. Make in a- This Is Us, he actually is an asshole for a while because he had a temper growing up mm. because he didn't get along with his family very well and he was misunderstood and then he had, you know, like substance abuse issues and mm. all these things. Like you could pack a little bit of that into his character. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, like I said, you can still have him be the dick, still have him be an asshole. But, like, I want to see more. I want you to bring me more of this guy of being an asshole. Like, I, like, I don't like him already, but make me fucking hate him. So when he, so what, so whatever happens to him, I'm just like, yeah, all right. But these people, like, the people who are just, like, being mowed down and mm-hmm. stuff like that and just being picked off, I was like, all right, that person's dead. That person's dead. Yeah. That person's dead. Okay, this is getting kind of boring now. Exactly. You'll see you're, you're not getting a sense of, these people are really awful mm. to be being killed. And you also don't get the gratifying um, reaction of the people who were doing the killing because you don't see them. Mm. Yeah. You don't, you don't see them. And even those characters, even those people are character, caricatures of like what Republicans would think Democrats are. Yeah. Which I don't mind that. I, Cause this is supposed to be like, let's make fun out of these people. But and there like, are, and we, totally recognize that those people mm. exist yeah like cool make fun of these people but like when they go or when they die i'm just like make me either miss them or hate them because that's what that's it feels like that's what this movie was trying to aim to do is either make you want to sympathize with these people or either really fucking hate them whether you are democrat republican or conservative a liberal no matter what you are you want to you you want to have an honest opinion other you want to have opinion of them instead of just meh i think what this <laughs> what this movie did really well uh, is equality uh-huh. oh, okay cuz uh. you don't give a shit about democrats or republicans dying mm. cuz you don't know any of them mm. so why would you give a fuck i kind of want to know more of them well, I did too. Mm. But, but I'm just saying, you know, across the board. Yeah. It was all just blood. Yeah, there was there's a quote that um I can't remember where I heard this from, but the quote goes, When you make something for everybody, you really don't make it for anybody. Yeah. And this is what this movie did. This movie was trying to make I I Fox News tried to sell us like, oh, these elites are trying to kill us and they're depicting it, blah 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 blah. No, not really, because some of these elites, as you call them, are getting it too. But like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Like, like even the whole like 
fulcrum of why this is even happening mm. makes you fail to care about why it's happening. Mm. You're talking about that, that reveal near, near the end, right? But like why it went down? Yeah, about like, was this a real thing that was happening uh, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's this whole thing that happens every year or whatever. Mm. There wasn't a real reason for it to begin. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was no like solid reasoning for any any of it. It was kind of like a massive mm. bitch fit. Uh, um okay, I kind of did like that part cuz I felt like it was having a message with that with that portion that you're that you that you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should probably just get into talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and get in the spoilers. Um, yeah, talk more about the movie. So uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. bitch fit okay go ahead and bitch about the bitch fit (laughs) here's my reasoning Uh this woman athena Mm. has a group of friends who are joking in a text about or like a group message about Mm. the manor yeah and they're like these people are like ceos they're like high positions of like companies and stuff like that right so they're basically joking around about you know a rumor a rumor Mm. and they start losing their jobs because the text message got out Mm -hmm. and athena was the last one to be fired yeah, the text message got out. There was already like a within the movie. There's already like a conspiracy theory that at least we're hunting down deplorables in like foreign countries and stuff like that. And these elites were joked around like, "Oh, this shit's so stupid. Can't believe people actually believe this bullshit." But like, they put a little bit of authenticity, 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 authenticity. Thank you, authenticity. Uh, <laughs> authenticity yeah it's like on my tongue for that one they put a level of truth behind it and it's a snowball to like all oh, these people should be fired right which i did like that not like they got fired but i did like the whole snowball effect because that because that's is, realistic that is real i would just like yo that is fucking real mm-hmm. like i'm afraid that i'm gonna lose my job and i don't have one <laughs> <laughs> It happened that fast. Yeah. <laughs> but go on, go on. Um, so it's not the whole snowball thing that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is that she, Athena, mm-hmm. she was so upset mm-hmm. about this rumor that snowballed. She decided she was going to change it from a rumor to something that was actually true. She mm-hmm. decided she was going to spearhead this thing. And make the manor a real thing that happens and start hunting down these deplorables. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do a bunch of them and she could only choose 12 because they had a consultant. That was kind of funny. The fact that they found a consultant to be like. Hey. Who was National Guard. 
<laughs> that shit was so dumb. <laughs> I, I, that's the part why I laugh when I, where it's like this big military guy who probably saw some shit in like Afghanistan. He looks like he's a Marine and all that kind of stuff. And then it's revealed he's a National Guard. I was like, ha! It reminded me of somebody I used to work with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't like that depiction of Athena because okay like I know people with money Mm. have tempers or they can and they I don't know it's a lot easier to have a sarcastic side and to like throw your weight around I guess when you're upset about something but who would do what she did Someone, I guess someone with a lot of money and that fucking crazy. What did you like about it? Because I'm having a hard time finding why what she did was a good message. Because she had, she had stated that everything that they were crazy on, everything that these deplorables accused these people of doing, this conspiracy theory was not true. And then the fact that, the fact that, because of the text message getting out and then the validity of it or and the truth of it not the truth of it the the actual idea of this existing snowball until like it actually becoming true um that part i liked because it's like it's like they caused it and the deplorables caused it and then the elites caused it it's like it's like pointing finger it's like the spider-man meme like you did this no you did this like mm-hmm. you're the reason i'm dead no you're the reason i'm dead so it's like the whole finger pointing thing. It's just, it's the whole like blaming everything back and forth. And I like how, even though it's not really a message, I want to say, I don't know if there was like a good message behind, like a silver lining message behind it. Because no matter if you say something, someone's going to try, someone's going to believe it to an extent. And then it's just going to infect others to the point where like it becomes this unstoppable thing. And... I like how in the movie it, it was it was saying that to an extent. You know, she was like, at one point Hillary Swank is talking to Betty Gilpin, and she's like, "No, like none of that was like." Hillary Swank tells the girl, "None of that was true that you guys accuses was accuses of doing." And she goes, "Yeah, you guys are doing it, but none of it was true. But you guys are doing it, yeah. and it's kind of like a back and forth. It's like um, not an oxymoron. What's it like an Occam Occam Razor? I guess." Where two ends of the sword, or, or the people are at two ends of the sword. I've called, never heard of that. I think it's called like an Occam's razor or something like that. So, because of what the conspiracy theorists started, fueled the elite's jokes, which the conspiracy theorists caused them to get fired because they they added fire to it. Mm-hmm. They added gas to that that small little match, and then the deplorables added more gas. And then the elites added more gas. And it's like this big snowball effect of like, y'all are just stupid. Yeah. I guess. But it, I get the story was so watered down. That I will admit. That story was super watered down. It's like it gets lost. Like it's just. Mm. I do like that because that is how things are. Mm. But they did it in such a dumb way. Then I'm just yeah. like, no, she threw a bitch fit mm. and expected to be understood. Yeah, see, that bar was funny. 
I, I find it funny because, yeah, she threw a, bit, a bitch fit. She's meant to be understood. But it's like the moment that you're like, we're hunting these people, you have lost every, you, it, you every inch of that argument. the, air quotations, other side mm-hmm. to make you stoop to a level yes. that you know is beneath you. Yes. And you did it anyway mm-hmm. because you have a lot of money and fuck everybody else. Yes. So it's but like... But I don't, I don't like that because that's not a... That's like, that's like saying all Republicans are assholes mm-hmm. and only ever seeing the five percent on TV that actually mm, are. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't like Republicans based off the five percent that are on TV, mm. but still, like, you're expecting me to believe that she's alt left, mm-hmm. like she's fucking crazy. Yeah. She's like super liberal, like, like f- yeah, like super liberal. And yeah. then you've got Crystal, who's actually not really that Republican. She's just good with guns and really good tactically. Yeah, we actually didn't really get to know her, and I don't know if I don't know if that would add anything add anything more to the story because it's later revealed that this crystal that Hillary Swank was trying to get to punish mm-hmm. was like a different crystal. Like she actually got the wrong crystal, but I thought that was funny. It's funny, but then it, if you're making it equal, it negates the equality mm. of the story and really taking a dig at the liberal side. No, I, I think, I don't think it's taking a, it's, it is taking a dig, but I think it's also taking a dig at the Republican side or the conservative side. Let's just say conservative and liberal. Let's just go with how there. So, how so? Because like the lib, like these liberal, these liberal elite think that they're better. Mm-hmm. They are think they think they're better because they're culture and stuff like that. And right? they know everything. And they know everything, right? They think they're better than these Republicans, but obviously are these conservative, but obviously this woman who was conservative was besting them all. Like she was coming on top and it kind of like it showed that these liberals aren't as smart as they think they are because they are just as dumb as these conservatives. So it kind of even the playing field. No, what I'm saying is Hillary Swank's character Mm -hmm. showed you her liberal side. Mm -hmm. Crystal did not. Her conservative side? She didn't. There was, she didn't show mm. any opinion for anything other than, I don't care what your reasoning is. Mm. If you're trying to kill me, I'm going to kill you. The end of the story. Mm. So you She think, even said that a few times. Now, do you think it would have added more if they had more of her opinion on it? Or did you like, or did you actually prefer her just kind of being essentially like neutral? I don't, I liked her character as being neutral. Okay. But I think whatever message they're trying to send mm. is lost. Because they try to make it seem like both sides are wrong. Mm, okay. But by her not choosing a side and maybe even possibly being the wrong crystal. Yeah. Then you're like, well, what the fuck did I just watch? Because now oh, you're okay. now the liberals are going after someone who they think is a conservative. Mm. And then you don't know if that's true or not. Okay, that's to- that totally makes sense. I see. I see where you're coming from on your side. I, I, I tell you, I think they kind of did that on purpose because. I think by the end of the movie, it would have been showing that they are picking a side. Like, you know, like, let's say, let's say if she, her, if her ideology was more conservative, then people would have been like, oh, this movie's against liberals. But let's say, let's actually make her a liberal. Well, then she's against conservatives. And I think they kind of did that because they were, I don't know if they were trying to like play it too safe 
Or they honestly didn't think that part through. I don't think they thought it through because okay. Hillary Swank was liberal. She mm. was 100% liberal. There was no getting around yeah. it. So but like one of them had to die. You had to have like they, a, a winner on top. Why didn't they both die? It could have been the blonde uh, conservative and the brunette liberal beating each other until they yeah, fucking you know die. Yeah, I think. Because that's how it is right now. Uh, you know what? I think that would actually been a better ending. Uh, you know, we don't like to we don't like to say like the movie better if we t- if they did it like this. Well, well as an opinion wise, but like if we could ever fix it, I mean that's why we have deathbed do over because we make jokes about it. But I think I think you're on you're really onto something. If they if uh, Crystal's character was more conservative, it would have been an obvious conservative versus liberal. And if they did die, it would have just been like I think the message would have been more like y'all are gonna kill each other. Calm the fuck down. It's either that or you know what I think possibly because they had the conservatives being killed and the fact that she didn't choose a side she Mm. didn't die Mm. maybe that was but it was such a fine little detail Mm. like a fine little point that you have to pull out of the rubble that it it almost gets missed yeah like like that problem like you caught that and that probably went over the heads. Of I barely anybody. got it right now. Yeah. Like I was sitting here, like, why? Oh, because liberals were dying and conservatives were dying, but she was neither, so she lived. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, finally right. got it three days later. <laughs> okay, we spend a, we we spend a bit of time talking about like what the movie was trying to say and or back and forth, but um, and we kind of did talk about the, on the uh, a little bit of the acting. What what did you think about the action? Because this movie, this is an action movie. Did you think it was done well, shot well, anything like that? Um, some of, like most of it was good. Okay. Um, in the beginning, there were even some laughs, even as the conservatives were getting shot at or blown up. Mm. Um, aka the lady with the spikes. Oh, that was that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the old people in the gas station was pretty good. Oh, them get, get them getting shot. Yeah, because like they came off as like really believably sweet and mm-hmm. kind of liberal. Yeah, but they're monsters. <laughs> and then they turned out. Yeah, they turned out to be monsters, and you're like, oh my god, what the fuck am I watching? And yeah. then, you know, they get their comeuppance, and then, you know, via Crystal, who's kind of a badass, mm-hmm. and then she continues to be one throughout. Mm. So like anything she really does, I think is almost gold. Yeah, I really out of out of everybody in the in the movie, you know who, you know the, their names are escaping me right now, like the character names. Um, Getty Getty, sorry Betty Gilpin, she she is the standout star of this movie. I really liked seeing her. I can actually really picture in an action role, mm-hmm. in a legit action role. But I can also do, see her do a dramatic. I, I mean, she's she's done. She's done a bit of comedy and a little bit more drama and glow. Even though glow is kind of like a like a, dr- a dark comedy almost. Yeah, it was more of a dramedy. Um, but she like she's able to do she's able to do both as long as it's not slapstick. I don't think she can really do slapstick. That's a no. little that's a little too wacky. I, I think she's above that. I'm not saying slapstick is bad, but I mean she I don't think she'd do that. <laughs> uh, I don't think she can do that. I don't think that's in her wheelhouse. Yeah, she was good. Hillary Swank. She did play up that crazy though, yeah. Which I did like. I was just like, "Damn, Hillary Swank can f- like this is Oscar-winning actress, Hillary Swank. Mm-hmm. She can pull crazy." 
and I was. She can I, also pull fight scenes. Yeah, that. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Let, let's talk about that. There's this really great fight scene between Betty Gilpin and Hillary Swank that goes on for uh, quite a bit. So Hillary Swank finally realizes that, not her, but you know her character mm-hmm. Athena, finally realizes that she's going to have to confront Crystal because Crystal's kind of ripped apart her whole scheme her here. Point, yeah. So she says, come come find me. And she shows up at her house at the manor. Mm. And Hilary Swank is making a grilled cheese sandwich with gear cheese. Mm, gear cheese. <laughs> and there's like this speech that happens from Hilary Swank where she's talking about why she's doing it and all these things. I, I believe Betty Gilpin called it her grilled cheese speech. Yeah, she did. I thought it was pretty She's like, fun. you know, your grilled cheese speech is cool and all, but can we just get down to it? And then she's <laughs> like, yeah, fine. So they start fighting. Yeah. And it's really, like, clean and crisp. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, like, dirty fighting, but it's, like, the camera shots were good. It wasn't too shaky. The mm. choreography was nice and neat and, like... I don't know. It, it seemed more real because of all the dramatic things they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't, there was no hesitation. There wasn't, it wasn't like messy, like any flubs or like mess ups that you could see. Yeah. Um, and the reactions you were getting from them too were very like, they felt genuine. Yeah. There, and there was actually a little bit of comedy sprinkled throughout that fight. It wasn't like stupid comedy, like that was uncalled for. Mm-hmm. It was actually good comedy. Like, there's this really funny part where um, I believe Hillary Swank, Hillary Swank has Betty Gilpin in the headlock, and they're in this area where behind him is like this large glass pane, mm-hmm. I think it is. And then she like pushes both of them through, and they like land on their back, and they're, and both of them are just like, all right. Time out. Come on, give me a minute. Give me a minute. And both of them just like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll take that minute. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then they get up slowly, and then they finally start fighting again. And then Hillary Swank was about to go through another glass pane. Oh, it was a glass she, door. Yeah, yeah, it was like a door with like a glass window in it. She's like, no more glass, please. So yeah, she lets she, her pause to open the door. Yeah, and I thought that was, that was actually pretty dope. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, the fight was really. I, it was I'm one of the to, better scenes in the movie. I wonder if Hillary Swing has actually done like serious action film. I know, I know, she did uh, Million Million Dollar Baby, which had um, it was a boxing movie that had a bit of choreography in there. And um, yeah, I don't know if she's done any like serious action like that. But if she has it, that girl's got the fucking moves on that shit. And I know, obviously, Betty Gilpin, she's done choreography with. Uh, glow mm-hmm. and i think she actually has uh like uh dancing experience which um a lot of people don't know that like dancing and cho- dancing and fight choreography has a they go hand in hand because mm-hmm. it's about timing and movement and like flow and all that kind of stuff and you have to know your body and how to throw your weight around exactly especially you have to throw your weight around make sure you don't like break your back in the process mm-hmm. uh but yeah that that fight scene it was really good i was Definitely digging on that fight scene. That was probably like the best action scene out of the out of the whole movie. There, like, there are quite a few, but this one looked like it took time mm-hmm. because a lot of scenes that happened prior to that, it's like 
shootouts, bang, bang, bang. Oh, this person dies. On to the next one, or all that kind of stuff. This one's just like, yo, let's, we've been, we've been, we've been building up to this really great fight scene. Yeah, and then when they're done, Crystal eats a not burnt by some miracle grilled cheese. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That was so. That was the biggest thing that didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything else totally plausible. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So do you think it was a? What if you had to rank it? What would you rate it at? If I had to rank it, mm-hmm. uh, it's alright. I wouldn't watch it again. I think it was a solid. Solid C plus. Solid C plus or a C? Actually, a C. Uh, what? Uh, here, I'll throw this question to you. Since since our connection between the hunt and the running man is the most dangerous game, mm-hmm. which is man, do you think it conveyed that message well that the most dangerous game is man? No. No, and <laughs> no. He's like nah. No, because it's manufactured. Because mm, yeah. society's not all into this mm-hmm. the way the running man is. Yeah, and they were, and surprisingly, like these people were getting picked off super fast. Yeah, so it's like kind of easy and not even worth your time. Yeah, yeah. They, like they should have had more than twelve people, or like at least let them live a little bit longer. Yeah, like do it soft style, like lock them in a room and make them fight, find their way out or something. No, that makes sense. I got a picture of that. Yeah, so you could actually see them be tortured and shit because of my depraved mind. Yeah, I'll have to um I have to agree with you on that about the whole you know the whole ma- most dangerous thing the, like the whole man hunting thing is it wasn't really I that I mean well. I kind of liked how they woke up in a field and they were gagged and yeah, they see, were like that was what good. the fuck Yeah, that was good. But it really falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah, like after like you get the whole shock of oh my god where they're at you're just like oh bang bang the dead bang the uh, all right all right all right <laughs> we're done. <laughs> yeah. Since we are in agreement that it was just an okay film, I think we should just move on to something better and greener pastures and do rebooting Westworld. Bring yourself back online. It stars Evan Rachel Wood as Dolores Abernathy, Tandy Newton as Maeve Millay, Jeffrey Wright as Bernard Lowe, Tessa Thompson as Charlotte Hale, Aaron Paul as Caleb Nichols, John Gallagher Jr. as Liam Dempsey, John Fl- uh, Tommy Flanagan as Martin Con- Connells, Lena Waith, Waithy, Waith, Lena Lena Waith. No, it's Lena. I'm sorry, Lena Waith. As Ash, Kid Kid Cudi as Francis, and Marshawn Lynch as Giggles. Mm-hmm. Because that's important. His name is Giggles. Okay. Man, I'm so happy Westworld's back. I'm so... I, there's a lot of people that got turned off by season two because it was really confusing to some. It, it was for me. I'm not going to lie. I mm. watched the entire first season. Mm. I did not have a good watching partner for the second season. Mm. So it just got already like compounded by getting up every 10 minutes for a cigarette yeah um and so i thought i wasn't sure i thought i had finished watching season two and i hadn't Mm. so then i had to watch like the clips 
that I was watching for us to be reminded that you sent me. Yeah, you watched like three recap videos, right? No, Just I watched two. You watched two? Yeah, okay. the, you sent me two of them. And then mm. I was like, oh, now I realize I didn't finish season two. Yeah, but you got... you. But you I got, got caught up. You caught up. You caught up with all the good parts. Yeah, I did... Um, I think I did about three or four recap videos just to make sure I had everything covered and to kind of like, like in the matrix out Jack in to like get all this information. I couldn't do that. Like I'm going to say that after watching the first recap video you sent me, it mm-hmm. was like going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, like it, it was too much. It was like, yeah, it was like too much. Mm. And if I can't watch, um, What's that Tom Cruise movie that we did like in succession in mission impossible. Mm. If I couldn't watch those and keep them straight mm. because we did them like back to back to back. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to do that with a recap video okay, for Westworld. Okay. okay. But you know what? I honestly think, um, the way how this, the way how this season starts, you might be able to start the show without watching the first two seasons. It's a good idea to watch the recaps. But well, at least watch the first season. The second season might not matter as much. Well, it, it kind of doesn't matter. I think it, it, it matters, mm. but it's not like you couldn't watch a recap video and catch up. Yeah, if you watch a recap video, you would get the only thing you would really miss is like the emotional pull that some of these characters have and some of like the really great shots mm-hmm. that are shown in, in the first two seasons. Um, but this, this one starts off uh, strong, super strong. Um, we it it's it takes place three months after the events of Westworld season two. They've now left the park. Now we get a future look of Los Angeles, which looked fucking dope. Yes, totally unreal, totally unrealistic because a lot of the streets were empty. Yeah, but it looked fucking dope. You know, London looked like L.A. though. Yeah, that <laughs> shit was funny. Yeah, this 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 show is supposed to be like uh, world world hopping. Like at one point, um, later on the show, uh, Dolores ends up in London, and they have the big, big Ben. They have that big Ferris wheel thing. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a particular building that a party's happening at or near, and I'm like, "Yo, that's L.A. That's like above the ten freeway." <laughs> I straight know that shit. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But so let, let's 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 try to dissect this episode. Um, so let's start with the opening, right? Well, no, let, let's start with the prologue where Dolores um, essentially blackmails this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And gets he black. She blackmails him by because she figured she knows that he might have caused the death of his wife. He has a pattern of abusing women. Mm-hmm. So she used that to her advantage to get uh, uh, it looks like an infinite amount of funds and yeah. like, access to like these files that are from this company called Insight. Yeah. There's this new company called Insight. But it's not Insight like I have Insight into the real world or whatever. Yeah. It's Insight like inciting a riot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're like a catalyst of some sort. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then we get then we get the opening segment. The oh, the opening credits. Completely different opening credits. Except for one or two scenes from the They original. always have like the piano yeah, the piano, and they always show like the one needle, like connecting. building a limb or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but they introduce like this eagle that's flying behind a jet engine. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory. You and I were kind of going back and forth about this. I have a theory because if you guys have ever seen 
the opening for season one and two, it kind of spells out what's going to happen yeah. throughout the season. You just got to like look at it, like no lie, watch season one, watch season two, and then rewatch those openings. You're just like, that's where that makes sense. That's where that makes sense. So in this one, they have an eagle. It's flying behind a jet engine, but this eagle kind of looks like he's flying towards the sun. Mm-hmm. And in Greek, I think it's Greek mythology, there is Icarus who had wings made of feathers and wax. But when he flew too close to the sun, when he flew too high to greatness, he mm. fell and plummeted to his death. Yeah. And I think the eagle is supposed to represent um, the host, the robots. Right. Because Dolores, who's now free, is soaring to the sun because now she she's out for something. And I think it will be her demise. And so it's interesting because the eagle does not, despite being behind this airplane or whatever, mm. it doesn't seem like it's falling apart or getting burned up or anything. Mm. But they do show the eagle again in like a couple of flashes later. Mm. And it's losing all of its feathers. Yeah. So that's when I start to think that maybe whatever hope they had mm. is starting to fall apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Dolores is supposed to be considered the hope. And, and and in the series, in this season, Dolores is less on a killing spree. She's more carrying a messiah complex. Because, um, like, in the second season, she was, like, kind of just murdering people. She left was Wyatt. She was Wyatt. She had, she had fully adopted her Wyatt personality. But in this season, she even says, in season three, she even says, um, I don't want to hurt anybody unless they want to do harm to me. Which is a complete change for Dolores now. Mm-hmm. And I actually like it because I wasn't, I know Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy were trying to like get you on her side of like, yeah, kill these people because they are evil. But at the same time, you're just like, yo. Not all these people were bad though. Yeah. It's just like, yo, you're, and she even like started kind of killing or letting her own kind die in the second season. Mm -hmm. So in this one, you can tell it's like. She even turned the guy who loved her against like. Turned into a murderer. Turned him into a murderer to suit her own needs because she didn't. Even though he was, she didn't need someone who was loving and kind and caring. Yeah. And then we get, um, we get this really beautiful scene of like the robots floating in the water. Uh huh. And this isn't, this isn't my, uh, what's it called? Um, anal- analyzed. Analysis. Yeah, analysis of it. I, I did, I didn't realize it until like someone pointed out. I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. It's like a, it, it mirrors the Sistine Chapel's the creation of Adam because it's the two robots like touching each other. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as like one robot passes through the other, the robot that was floating up is now floating down and it's being disintegrated. Like that robot has now made the sacrifice so then future generations or the next generation of robots can't survive. So I, I mentioned it to you not quite in that way because I didn't make the like the Adam connection, but I mm. did say that it seemed like the robots were reaching for themselves, like for greatness. Yeah. But it's it's like they passed through whatever that barrier was that was causing the reflection. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing there. Like it wasn't, it was empty. It wasn't mm. what they expected it to be. Yeah. It's like yeah. it wasn't greener on the other side. Yeah. Uh, that actually kind of, that actually kind of, it is a mirror, but it seems like a continuing shot of the opening of, season two where they would drop the host into the water mm-hmm. like in, into like the blackened water mm-hmm. and it almost seems like oh well instead of dropping into the blackened water they're coming out of the water because like water supposed to represent life and birth and all that kind of stuff so maybe that's like a representation of like birth mm-hmm. um and then we are getting a picture of of a machine 
a faceless robot that looks like the Vituran man, the Da Vinci painting. Mm-hmm. But instead of it being like his hands are like holding on, they're bound. Oh. And they're faceless. The The machine is faceless and dipped in red, which represents blood and anger. Mm-hmm. So it's like they are forced. They are forced to bleed for us. Yeah. Because they're robots and we don't care about robots, apparently. Even yeah. though we should. We don't even care about the living ones that work really <laughs> yeah. awful jobs. Yeah, right. Okay, so the show goes on. Like I said, it's been three months after. One thing I do like, we're on a single timeline. You mean instead of jumping around like they were before? We Yes, we are finally in a single timeline. Which wasn't bad before, but mm-hmm. it did get confusing. And then it's. I think it's hard to maintain that into another season. Yeah, from what I read uh, during last year's Comic-Con... Uh, Jonathan Ola and Lisa Joy did say, we heard your guys' complaints. We are fixing the timeline issue. Yeah. And they even they even tell you that how long how much time they spent because the story follows Dolores and Bernard. Oh, who's actually Arnold. It's it's actually Arnold. Who's also Bernard. What's his name now? He like is picking up different names as he tries to hide. Yo, yeah, for reals. Um let me find that. Okay, so his name, because Arnold is seen as the person who caused the massacre on Westworld. He's on the run. His name, his his alias is Armand Delgado. <laughs> yeah, Armand Delgado. Armand Delgado. I wish I figured this out. I didn't. Kim uh, Renfro, Renfro from Insider Magazine realized, or she, I don't know what, how, exactly how she did it. But she figured out it was an anagram for damaged Arnold. Really? That is brilliant. Because he is damaged. After season two, he's like, fuck now. Yeah. So that, that, that was cool. But Bernard is in China. It's been three months. And he's doing this thing where he's like self-diagnosing himself. Yeah, that's that thing. I, I don't know why. Mm. I don't understand why he's doing it. Mm. But I love it. Because I want to know more. I think it's cool because it shows that, like, because I know you, you and I were saying, like, well, who's that other personality he's talking to? And I really, after like rewatching, I was like, oh, it's Bernard. Like, the 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 frail nice guy that we're seeing in this season is mm-hmm. Arnold, mm-hmm. but like the murderous guy is Bernard. Uh huh. So he has this button that like switches, and that's how he like self diagnoses himself. He's like, when was the last time he spoke to Alice? I mean, Alice, uh, Dol- Alice Rabbit Hole. Uh, when was the last time you spoke to Dolores Bernard? And he pressed he pressed the button and, and he says like Dolores, you know, my last contact with Dolores was ninety two days. Blah, blah 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 blah. Very robotic. Yeah. But whenever like he needs to defend himself, he brings in Bernard. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And he trusts Bernard too to always switch back. Yeah. Like to give control back to Arnold. Yeah, and he even said he even asked Bernard, "Are you lying to me?" And Bernard says, "No, I'm not." But we've known that Bernard does lie. Yeah. So he might be actually lying to him. Yeah. One thing I am liking a lot is this whole Insight Company. We checked out this. You, you can you can find this uh, website that HBO does this really great like promotion thing where they, like they have websites for like companies that are in the movie and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or in the shows. And they have this website for Insight. And what this website does, it takes your data, your data, and determines 
your best job, the best option for job, friends, activities, relationship, and it's fucking crazy because that is how we are now. It is how we are now, but I, like, how many times does someone wish like I know there's someone out there for me? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, insight can find that for you. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's also like a negative because that's when we get the Caleb character, the Aaron Paul. Yeah. And Aaron Paul, it's like he's a... He, he's like an anomaly. Yeah, but like his character is a... He, he, he connects fiber, like internet connections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he, he wants it to be something better. But like whatever his score is on Insight, it's just like, no, you're this. You're like lower class now. Yeah. And that sucks. And he's trying to get his score up, but nobody wants to hire him. Mm. And they're like, you just don't fit. And he's like, why? Can you tell me why? And it was just a robot that was telling him that, that he didn't get the job. That part was heartbreaking. Yeah. When he got, he tried for job interview, he got a phone call and the guy was like, yeah, you know, we just realized you're not a good fit. Your application was really, which no lie, this mirrors many interviews that I've gotten either via um, many results to an interview I had gotten either via a uh, email or even a phone call Mm -hmm. from a real person that seemed robotic. Um, And he's like, can you tell me like what I have to do to like get this job? How, how can I improve myself? And the guy's like, Oh, well, you know, you're just not a fit, blah, blah, blah. And then he says like, are you a real person? And you realize it's a machine. And that shit was like, yeah, that's heartbreaking. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, but speaking of him, mm-hmm. um, he's a new character, uh-huh. and you kind of get this idea that he has a friend mm-hmm. that is really concerned about him and wants to talk to him on the phone, but he keeps like not answering the phone. Yeah, and he's in therapy. You know that he's been in the military, and and something like he's suffering from PTSD. Yeah, he suffered from PTSD, so you kind of almost think that he's going a little nuts. Mm. Um, but he has this cool app that he uses called Rico. Oh, I love that app. <laughs> I love that app. You want to go into what that what Rico's like? I don't understand all of it to, all together, but it's okay. basically these jobs. It's almost like a black market app where there's these jobs that you can do mm-hmm. um, to earn a little extra cash. Yes. And so he does these things that might be considered illegal mm. and he never seems to get in trouble for it, which is fine. I don't understand what I don't do personals means because he doesn't get involved with like he doesn't want he doesn't want to do a job where somebody gets hurt or he sees the person he affects. Like he doesn't want to like the first he job. He wants to he, wash his hand, like keep his conscience clean. I yeah. Guess. Like the first job, the first job that we see him do is essentially robbing an ATM and that's it. Yeah. And then, the, but the next time we see him, he has to like take care of a guy who's like drugged out of his mind, which yeah. means he has that he, he's looking for something real, but he doesn't want to interact. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. But you know, so you could choose a job mm-hmm. or you could remain basic. You could be a basic bitch. Yeah. I, I, I like how this thing it's it's set up like a task grabber for GTA. If you've ever played GTA, you pop open your phone and it's like, pick a mission. That's your mission. Go complete mission. That's what that is. That's what the whole Rico thing is, which mm-hmm. I think is funny. And it's like certain jobs, but it's it's they don't plainly say like robbery. It'll it'll say like a cash to, grab or cash something. grab, yeah, or like A to B, which is like take from one thing from something from one thing from one location to the other. And another one that said babysitting, 
which my which I guess means kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And so you you pick a job and it just goes your options are like yes and no. But the no is, no, I just want to be I just want to stay basic. Or something like or I like being you basic. You wrote it down in your thing. I saw you wrote it. Yeah, I think it's it. like I like to be basic or something like that. Oh, I can't find it right now. Uh da, 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 we'll look at the bottom of the page. Oh yeah, it says no. I like being basic. Yeah. <laughs> and then the yes is fuck yeah. Which is <laughs> That's kind of like our society now. Yeah. I can totally picture that being a real thing. It's like that on some websites, actually. Oh, yeah. You know, like, part. even with Google, right? Mm. Search, or I'm feeling lucky. Oh, that's, that is absolutely true. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know what's funny? I <laughs> And I've never clicked on the I'm feeling lucky. Have you? I think I have once, but I think it's just, just random. Oh. I think it's really just random. And um, I would totally, no lie, if this thing existed, I would totally do this. Because he was come up on like two Gs to like do a quick job. Yeah. I would totally do this. Mm-hmm. But for, for, for something that's so, that gets you in trouble with the law, it's got to leave like a digital imprint somewhere. Yeah. So he's an interesting character. Um and then uh, I should, we don't need to talk about his friend, huh? Francis? Except that it's Kid Cudi. Yes, Kid Cudi. Um, I the, like his music. Sorry. <laughs> no, go on. Whenever I'm feeling halfway suicidal, I listen to his music and it makes me feel better because it's so angry and it gets uh, like some of my aggression and my like hatred for myself out and then I feel better. All right. Just so I, I like Kid Cudi a lot. I need to give Kid Cudi a listen to. You've listened to him. You were like, eh, some of his music yeah. is good. Like, two of his songs are good and the other ones are mediocre. Uh, maybe I just wasn't in the mood or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the character, the Kid Cudi character is his friend and whose name is Francis. And Francis is making these phone calls, but it's later revealed that, like, Francis died and this is just, like, a therapy like, subscription. subscription. I think that's actually kind of smart, but at the same time, that is very weird i think it was a mandated like you need therapy uh, maybe to like raise your score no i took it as like he needed therapy because he couldn't see a therapist every day he even makes a comment about like uh, when he actually sees a real person that he says like it'll be better if i saw you more than once a week and the therapist says like i have other clients caleb sorry so yeah. like the Francis is like the backup, like, all right, I'm feeling something, so I need someone to talk to. Yeah, but to. I get a sense, too, that he's only in therapy at all mm-hmm. because he needs to help his score. Yeah, because something happened to him. We don't exactly know. It's hinted that um, he makes a comment saying that someone like threatens to shoot him in the head. And he says, like, someone already beat you to it. Yeah, and- he's like, well, I'll be the first person to. He's like, it's not the first time anyone's ever pointed a gun in my face. Yeah. And the other guy was like, well, I'll be the first person to actually shoot you in the face. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's happened to me before, too. Yeah. And then even when he visits his mom, his mom is like, you're not my son. Yeah. Which is like, That's weird because it kind of plays with the idea that maybe he's not human. Like, he got shot in the head Mm. and his mom's like, you're not my son. Mm, Okay. So is he real or is he another host? But how could he be? Yeah, I mean, that Westworld's always played with the idea of, like, are they hosts or are they real? 
or whatever. But you 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 think that he's a real person because I kind of yeah, I kind of get that sense because uh, I think Dolores would know. Yeah, um, they eventually do meet. Um, I want to talk about that shot really fast. What with them meeting? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know how she's she's shot. Yeah, she's in her, a, in her yeah, stomach. Yeah. And she's holding her stomach and she's kind of in the shadows under this bridge. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there looking at her like, whoa, fuck. Yeah. And he's like, do you need help? Mm-hmm. And right at that moment, she thinks about it and mm-hmm. then she comes out of the shadows and into the light. Mm. And I thought that was really symbolic. Yeah. Um, and maybe a turning point for her character. That's a that's a very noir type shot mm-hmm. where we have the guy who kind of like is like the reluctant hero or kind of like falls into like this mess. And like this is like the start of his journey. Yeah. And then there's this girl with this hair hanging over her face. Yeah. She's supposed to be like in a noir setting. She would be like the femme fatale. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go. Let's talk about I want to talk about Dolores's what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Um. First of all, she's coming in. She's coming in this shell, hot, like badass and shit. Mm-hmm. She's got like this computer that's like, find me, find me a, a fastest vehicle, and it's like, boop, it like goes to her. Yeah, she's like, lease me an apartment in this building, negotiating leases now. Yeah, and then before, like, what five seconds later, apartment approved. Yeah, like exactly. That. And she got like this badass character. I even I like how I really really like how. Um, she's like, she's really, she's trying to get, she's trying to get info from this guy. She's working this guy and it's, uh, what's his name? John Gallagher Jr. Who plays Liam Dempsey. She's working this guy because apparently this guy, Liam is like the head of this, the head of this insight company. Mm -hmm. And they introduced this thing called, you're going to have to help me with this. Rehoboam? Oh, Rehobo. Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Um, and it's this super computer that strategizes Everybody. Everybody and everything. Everybody and everything. We even get glimpses of it working where it shows like this circular timeline and it'll be like anomaly, location, uh, the time, the time, you know, you know, strategize more, figure out more, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And he even makes a comment saying the last time we, we looked at the data of this, of this supercomputer. We lost track of... Of, like, how intelligent it was getting. Or, like, no, how many thoughts per second it had. Yeah, exactly. And how do you say it? Rehoboam? Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Rehoboam, for people who didn't go to Sunday school, and I do kind of remember this growing up, Rehoboam is the son of King Solomon. King Solomon was this wise leader in Israel who unified uh, powerful powerful people under his reign. And the, if you guys, if the names aren't connecting, he's the one that had this, the story in the Bible where there was a woman who had a boy and the other woman who said that was her son. And they were fighting for this child. And then Solomon was like, all right, cut the boy in half. <laughs> and they were like, what? no, 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 like that. And so like, the one, if I remember correctly, the one who took the boy, who was like, no, don't, no. One was like, all right, fine. The other one who was like, no. And then he was like, the one who said, no, that's the mother. <laughs> hey, but he kind of gives an idea of like how intelligent he is and stuff like that. That kind of makes me think of this one thing I learned in school. What was that? Where you would tell people that like you find a group of people, you know, one of them is the thief or whatever, but that thief is hiding amongst other people. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I so you those tell, type of games. yeah. So you tell. It's not a game though. It's like a fable or something. Uh-huh. You tell everybody in that group. It's like you know five people or whatever. Mm. There's a chicken underneath this turned over kettle, like this black okay. kettle. Okay. And whoever lays their hand on it uh, is the actual thief. Okay. So everyone puts their hand on it, and the chicken doesn't make any sound. Okay. So you tell everyone to turn their hand over, uh, and you get four black hands and one hand that never actually touched it. That's the thief, because they didn't want to touch it. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're like writing on themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that actually reminds me of of another story. They, they talked about this in The Usual Suspect. Where they say you put a room, you put five criminals in a room, or five no, four innocent people and one criminal in the mm-hmm. room, and tell them that they're all criminals. The one who goes to sleep is the criminal, because everybody else who are innocent, they're petrified. They're too much. They're yeah, too petrified yeah. to go to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's that that kind of similar thing. So, um, I think the Solomon the Solomon character, who is the fa- father of, what is it again? Rehoboam? Rehoboam, that is in this show. He's not the father. He's the the maker of the the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, I believe he's the the maker of the algorithm. And that Solomon S. character is probably Liam Dempsey's father, which Mm -hmm. I think we're going to find more about later because they kind of alluded to the idea of like he died under like mysterious circumstances. Yeah. So I think we're going to get more into that. So... Dolores is trying to work this Liam Dempsey character because she wants to find who's the head of this company because she wants access to that Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. She finds out that he he doesn't have access to it. Um, and what's his name? What's the dude's name? Tommy Flanagan, who plays Martin Connells. Mm-hmm. Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Tommy Flanagan. Look With at his him. fucking silver fox hair. Slick ass Susan shit. Sexy as ever fucking scar on his Seriously, face. I was like, yo, Tommy Fly, you can clean the fuck up nice, man. Um, he gets a jump on her and and he tells Liam like she's not who she said she's not who she says she is. She's this, but we're gonna go ahead and just get rid of this girl. In other words, we're gonna like kill her. Yeah. But this looks like this is like a regular thing for um for Connell. Yeah. However, Dolores has the upper hand. She knew this was going to happen. And they don't know she's a host. Yeah, they don't know the host. They try to drug her, make her seem like she had an overdose. Obviously, it doesn't affect her. And there's actually this really cool gunfight that happens. It like take you see the the you see the gunfight between Dolores and these goons like from when inside the car that she was in. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts it has like this camera that you see it back up. Oh yeah, like a rever- rear camera. Yeah. And when she backs up, it it like hits somebody, and it, it it's and a, you see him try to shoot at the car too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's a single take shot, which I mean I'm a sucker for that shit. Yeah. So that looks cool, and then it's revealed that you know Dolores all is coming, um, and she actually was planning to replace, um, Connell's with a host. Mm-hmm. So this is when we get our first. Well, not, actually, not our first, our second, because our first, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is in that host body was uh, Tessa Thompson's character, yeah. Charlotte. When we see her, we don't know who's in control. Exactly. But when we get Connell's, we get our second one. So now we're like, who the fuck is in control? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who do you think is in control of Charlotte? Do you have any theories? I don't. Like, we talked about this, mm-hmm. and 
we went through like a list of possibilities and mm. it couldn't be Dolores's father. We don't think he has it in him. Mm. It couldn't be Teddy. Yeah, because Teddy's in the grave beyond. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. I think it's Clementine. I really do but think I Clementine's just think in she's so empty. She was so vacuous. That's true, but maybe this might be like her, as her character, like however um, Tessa Thompson wants to act like the lady who played Clementine. I think that's like her time to shine or that her, the time for that character to shine. Yeah. So I, I think it might be Clementine. Mm, okay. So yeah. I have no idea. What about Connell's? What do you think of being Connell's body? There's absolutely no way she could have had Teddy's conscious uploaded and reused. At all. It couldn't have been backed up somewhere. So I honestly think that's who Connell's could be. I don't know. Because I'm I'm really trying to think who could it. But then how would that work anyways? Because she betrayed him so many times. Yeah, and he wouldn't like he wouldn't like to show up again to be betrayed again. Damn. But then that wouldn't make him uh that Tessa Thompson. Mm. That would make sense because he they had that one conversation where they were like, We need to work together but not as friends. No, that was with uh Bernard. She said she said that to Bernard. Yeah, but she was in the background. Mm. Oh, Tessa Thompson's kid? Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, I can see that. And she was talking to both of them. What if? What if? What if Charlotte is actually Ford? He never came across as very cunning. Ford? Anthony Hopkins' character? Not sharp as a whip cunning. Just like old man crazy genius. I think he was sharp as a whip in the previous season. He came across as like psychotic but Mm. a psychotic genius that is true and she's coming across as sharp like i'm Mm. really sharp i'm really intelligent not psycho crazy intelligent just intelligent plus charlotte not charlotte dolores seems to be in control of the situation and it seemed like ford wouldn't like ford wouldn't just let her be in control like if he wanted to be equals with her he would have been equals but like tessa sansa's character in this season seems like more of a subordinate Mm-hmm. So maybe not. Damn. Can't be Maeve. Because we see Maeve. We see Maeve after the credits. Yeah, we Maeve do. comes back. Woo. Okay, we'll I'm get kinda it to- bothered by where she's at right now because she was the strongest mm. at one point where she was like really intelligent mm. and really figuring out how to get people to bend to her will. Yeah. Um and she's still Trapped in there? Trapped, trapped in there. there. Well, I mean, her, her character did die, so I guess... I I know. I, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not yeah. saying that it doesn't make sense. I'm just bothered by it because... I, I, I think they're going to... I think her character is going to get back to how she was at the end of second season, like, by, like, the next next episode. I think so, too. And also, um, it makes sense that it's almost like they have to hold her back. Oh, yeah. So they could give those other characters a way to get out and, mm. and like build their personalities the way they're going to be before she comes after them. Mm, gotcha. She's got a lag behind so she can be a good villain, I think. Yeah. So, um, or not a villain, but a good challenge. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They got to, they got dialed back that guy. Cause they're all God villains code. anyway. Okay. So yeah. Um, so who, you know, who's inside Tessa Thompson? We don't know. 
Who's I, inside I could, Connell's? I could say some super crass, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, like what? Yeah, what? Black pearls and and Connell. Um, yeah, and then that's when uh, eventually that's when uh, what's her name Dolores uh, meets up with Aaron, Aaron, um, Caleb. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna see them together it seems like he's trying to find a connection with something and he's going to find a connection with dolores mm-hmm. i don't know if they, i don't know if they're going to reveal soon that she is a host to him mm. maybe no uh, probably not maybe he'll think she's human this whole time or something i don't know well you know what's happening or thing. maybe they will reveal it to him soon because he already has this mentality that life is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like everything is bullshit. Mm. Um, there's no reality in reality. And yeah. so maybe he, she will be revealed to him and he'll be like, okay, let me help you because maybe there's some sense of realism in you not being real because you're fighting for your reality. That's true. Yeah. And she, she's kind of doing that whole thing, fighting for their reality. Cause she wants to be, she wants to be part of it. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the episode, we see Maeve, Beautiful sweeping shot of Italy. Unfortunately, it's during Nazi occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of funny that it it's so relevant now. Yeah. Uh, but I, as soon as I saw Maeve, I was like, yes, Maeve is back. And Maeve is like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. So she's going to pop up into, into the second episode. And I fucking can't wait. I know. Me either. Um. Have any questions? Do you have anything that kind of like, oh, Bernard. Bernard wants in back at, Bernard's tr- finding his way back at Westworld. But we mm-hmm. don't know exactly why. So there's yeah. that question of like, why is he going back to Westworld? Yeah. So, well, they really kind of allude to the fact that he's going back for somebody. But who is he going back for? I think he's going back for, what's his name? One of the Hemsworth brothers? The one who was head of security. Okay. I think he might be, I think he's still there. At, at Westworld. So yeah. maybe he's going back to like... Oh, actually, I think it is because in the trailers, we do see them walking together. So maybe he's going back to get him. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have um, anything else to add to... Where are we? Where did we leave off with um, the daughter? Whose daughter? Maeve's? No. The guy with the hat. Oh, uh, William. Yeah. Uh, where do we leave over the daughter? Mm-hmm. William shot her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we don't know if it's reality or not. Yeah. Well, at the because end of the Because he, what, he thought she was a host uh, and she said she wasn't. And then some, what's going on with him now? Because I heard, I know, I mean, he's not in this episode at all, mm-hmm. but in the recap, they're like, it plays with the idea that was this just. It was a simulation. Was it a simulation? Yeah, it's it's a simulation. The uh, what's it called? The f- I can't forget the name of the. I think it's, this is it called the Forge. I think it's called the Forge. The thing that holds the the system that has, holds all oh. the data. Mm-hmm. It's like the elements have taken over. She shows up and she does the whole like Jim Dolos. Uh, sorry, Jim. What's the name of the company? Dolos. Dolos. Delos. Delos. The whole Jim Delos test, where it's like the the fidelity test. Yeah. So, at the end of season two, we see William essentially going through the whole fidelity test as well. So, when William comes back this season, we don't know if he's human or if he's a host. Because mm-hmm. it, it kind of blew his mind. Yeah. And it was a, it, it, it looked like to be a, a, a host version of his daughter. 
mm-hmm. that shows up. So I don't know if they're going to continue with that in this season. Yeah. That'd be really interesting because I'm really curious to see what they do with William. Exactly. And the daughter. Mm-hmm. She kind of played an integral part, it seems like, in season two. So Yeah, if I remember correctly, that was her. That's that she was human, so he did actually kill his daughter. Yeah. And he's been doing those he's been doing those simulations to find out if there's any inkling that he would have not killed her. Yeah. But he's done it so many times, it's just like, no, dude, you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. So you had Okay. So we are done with um we are done rebooting Westworld. Yay. So we can now boot down. Boop, boop, boop. move on to our geriatric cinematic review of The Running Man. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play The Running Man. On your mark! I'll be back. rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. It came out in 1987, which is my favorite year because it's the year I was born. So it's my worst year. Yeah, it's your worst year. Mm. Go on. <laughs> when you were three. Three. Go on, go on. Uh, Synopsis is, a wrongly convicted man must try to survive a public execution gauntlet staged staged as a game show. Directed by Paul Michael Glazer, is best known for Starsky and Hutch in 1975, Fiddler on the Roof in 71, and Starsky and Hutch again in 2004. I did not know he did the remake. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Written by Stephen King, but as Richard Bachman. Based off the novel. Um, he also wrote Maximum Overdrive, Creep Show, and The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who the lone Stephen King is, uh, Stephen E. D'Souza wrote the screenplay. Um, he did Die Hard, Forty Eight Hours, and Commando. Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Ben Richards, Maria Conchita Alonso as Amber Mendez, Yafet Koto as William Laughlin. Jim Brown as Fireball, Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom, um, Erlen Van Lidith, Lidth as Dynamo, uh, Gus Rethwish as Buzzsaw. There's a bunch of other people in it, too. <laughs> yeah. Richard Dawson as Damon Killian. That one's important, too. I love The Running Man. I... Absolutely love this movie. I've heard you talk about it here and there, mm. but I don't remember the conversations because I couldn't make any connections to what you were saying other than I really like hearing you talk mm. because you get really excited about stuff and I really like understand what you're talking about when you say them, but I can't remember specifics about movies that I've never watched. Mm. And I'm really glad I got to see this one. Yeah, I... What was our two choices? It was this, and what was the other one? Oh, Battle Royale. It was either this or Battle Royale. Yeah. And I, I, I love Battle Royale, too. It's really good. But I, Running Man just has a 
place in my heart. Mm. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger during the 80s where the man could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and in this movie, he actually did no wrong. He actually did no wrong. And I was... I was. I don't know what was I more excited about, either revisiting this movie or actually showing it to Kelsey. Kind of like, oh, you gotta watch it. It's so ridiculous. It's so stupid, but it's so great. <laughs> so, I learned some things. What did you learn? I learned that movies in the eighties tended to paint their backdrops <laughs> yes. or parts of them. Yes, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. There's like this great scene where. Uh, well, it's not a great scene. There's a there's a oh, what's it called? An establishing shot where it shows like this huge building, and I, I was telling Kelsey like I was giving some insider baseball. Like, oh yeah, see, like that's that building doesn't exist. So they had to like paint some of it. So you can see like the paint line where it goes. She like, oh shit, and the, it's just so cool. Yeah, because you went back actually while we were watching it, you rewound it, and you're like, see, and I'm like. Look, you can even see on these lines how like kind of blurry it is. Like they didn't make the lines that good. Yeah, and like there's like no reflection on one particular like set of windows and stuff like that, or like lo- the lighting's not reflecting off of it. Yeah, like naturally. Um, so what did you? What is? I, I, you say you're really happy you got to see this. What did you like about it? Um, I like the action. Mm-hmm. Great eighties action. Yeah, I like how. Even though the movie is about a guy, like it could have easily been like Connor. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it wasn't quite mm. because Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was actually really wholesome. Mm-hmm. And like, I really liked that mm. because he usually, when you get, when you think of like the 80s and the 90s, and there's like it's like this weird trope that was like going through all of these movies where this guy was wrongly accused and he had to like fight his way back. Oh yeah, that's eighties, all right. Um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know the everyday man. Yeah, the everyday man that looks like who was sculpted out of like, marble. Oh well, yeah, seriously, and can like probably like just flip over a jeep if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. His character was really relatable in a way. Mm-hmm. He wasn't too, like, flappable. Oh, yeah, in, in I get a sense, you. like yeah. he wasn't annoying. Then, like, sometimes when you see a character who's wrongly accused of something, mm. they start protesting or they cry or they do this weird monologue or whatever, mm. and he's just like, "No, nah, I'm gonna just fight my way out." Yeah, like his thing was he was trying to like get he's trying to survive the the whole Running Man game. At the same time, there's like this revolution that's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. and they keep kind of pulling him in. He's like, "I don't want to be part of this. I just want to get the fuck out of here." Yeah, which is like a serious like, "I just want to get the fuck out of here, man." Yeah, and that and I have to say, he's more that's, that's, he's more relatable than I've ever seen him before. <laughs> Even I, when he's wearing you know Hawaiian shirts and shit. Oh my god! Because you love those Hawaiian shirts. I have a thing for Hawaiian shirts. I'm just like, yo, that look that Hawaiian shirt looks. Oh wait, he sick. wore one in this movie too. Yeah, he yeah he did, he did. And I looked at you. I was like, you see that Hawaiian shirt? You like, you like that, don't you? Yes, Kelsey, I do like that Hawaiian shirt. Find it for me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> look, so, I've been drinking. Mm. You know, not right now, but when we're watching it. Mm. Don't harsh my mellow. Okay. With your uh, Hawaiian shirt garbage. 
No, it's not garbage. It's called art. It's called art. Then it's called garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's French. It's garbage. Um, actually, uh, since you mentioned that you were drinking, I was drinking along with you while watching. This is a great movie to watch while you're drinking. Yes. Because this is so over the top. Like, especially the zany ass characters like Sub Zero, mm-hmm. a, a straight up Japanese dude who slices a gong in half. Because, you know, he's trying to kill stereotypes. Yeah. But he's a wicked hockey player. With It has, like, teeth on one side of it. Like, yeah, blade, like, like serrated. Yeah. And, like, pucks that explode. Yeah. Um, and then we get Buzz... We get Buzzsaw. This dude who's hopped on every steroid in existence. And cocaine. Yeah, and cocaine. Steroids and cocaine. And probably snort... Probably injected meth in his eyeball. So he looked like it. I thought you said meth wasn't around until the early 2000s. Back then it was just called speed. So it was the like, same thing? Like, like legalized. Like you can actually get in. Like truckers would take them. Oh. Yeah. So he probably crushed up a pill and injected it right in his eyeball. Both eyeballs. Both eyeballs. So then there's Fireball. Probably the weakest one, I have to say. Yeah, because his power was just... A flamethrower. Yeah, which you could do a lot of wrong things with a yeah. flamethrower. I did like his jetpack, though. Yeah. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and then we get the rapist, the rapist known as, uh, what's the, f- Dynamo. He looked like, what'd you say he looked like? I don't remember. His lights. His lights? Yeah, Dynamo's lights. Oh yeah, he looked like a light bright. He literally looked like a fucking light bright. <laughs> Arnold even makes a joke. He's like, hey, Christmas tree. Hey, light bulb over here. Yeah, he should have yeah. been like, hey, light bright. <laughs> light bright. Let me paint a picture. I know. That would have so dated this movie. <laughs> uh, no, they still have light brights, but they are not as big and bulky. I know. They're safer, too. Yeah. So, you make that sound like a bad thing. Like, yeah, they're safer, too. Yeah. I want to live life on the edge with, <laughs> with a bright-ass light and a thin piece of paper <laughs> to get my design. Um, so the action, let's talk, let's, let's, this movie's all about action. Let's talk about that action. Uh-huh. What was your what was your favorite in the in the Running Man game? What was your favorite set piece? Mm. You want to know something funny? Hmm. I have a hard time remembering action, mm. so I have to. And like, this is like done really well, right? Yeah, and mm. I don't think it was done super amazingly. It was just a good time. Mm, okay, what's so one? I'm having a hard time really remembering anything other than which one was it? Was it Dynamo? Stuck in a vehicle? Yeah, stuck in his go-kart. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let me try to jog your memory. Uh, the buzzsaw scene is he was on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and he was, like, flinging the chainsaw around at Arnold and everything. And mm-hmm. there was a part where, like, he almost, like, put a chainsaw into Arnold's chest, mm-hmm. and Arnold pushed it back, rotated it, and then threw it into his crotch. Oh, that's my favorite one. Ah, that's my favorite one, too. I yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, because... <laughs> They don't exactly show you, which is really rare for an 80s film. They mm. don't exactly show you all the gore. Mm. They show it beginning, mm. and then they cut away, mm. and they come back, and his belt is around his ankles. Oh, man. Every time I see that, I'm just like, oh, man. God, that hurt a lot. <laughs> and he even, like, screams it, like, sing screams it and shit. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> like yes, feel that pain, but ow. <laughs> uh, I would actually, 
I, I know have when a... I sing scream like that, mm-hmm. they've actually learned the secrets of the universe. <laughs> yeah, as his as his nuts were being buzzsawed away. Yeah, because he's dying, and his brain's like, oh. <laughs> Yes, he's reading. Like, oh, I can see everything I know. now. He he knows it, all the secrets of the universe. All he had to do is get his nuts just chopped away. Yeah. Surprisingly, I actually think the weakest one, this weakest, um, like battle with the stalkers is probably like Fireball. And I think the reason why I think that's the weakest one is because they had to be a reveal that these the the previous running man who they said had won were actually dead. Hmm. Um. And it was supposed to be like this sense of tension between uh, Fireball, who's played by uh, Jim Brown. I don't know why I forgot his name. He just he looks different in this movie. Between Jim Brown and Maria Cochina Alonso, and it's supposed you to be like called her Conchina. It's Conchita, right? Conchita, but you said Cochina. Sorry, Cochina. <laughs> yes, Conchita. Uh, it's supposed to be like this moment of tension of like she might not make it, and then that's when Arnold comes in and like saves the day and stuff like that. But I seem like that was like the weakest one. I actually kind of I think I thought that was it Sub Zero. That's the that was the one at the skating rink. I think he was. You think that was the weakest one? He wasn't that scary. Like mm. the other ones, at least seem like like okay, there's fire or there's like mm. this vehicle, you know, like whatever they had some kind of advantage Mm -hmm. with him it just seemed like oh he's chasing me with this hockey stick yeah and then like and and it seems like they were easy they were easily able to either escape him or kind of defeat him uh, i don't think it lasted that long and he was kind of dumb yeah he got taken out really quick because they're both on ice yeah. Like one slip up that's it. like they like arnold didn't even have to like snap his neck with that um barbed wire yeah he could just like tripped him up and just oh crap i said like bah, i broke my back Duck. yeah he could have done that surprisingly <clears throat> you, you said that the buzzsaw one is pretty gory even though they don't show it mm-hmm. the like the in between i think that's that fight scene between arnold schwarzenegger and uh jesse the body ventura mm-hmm. that's that simulation they made i thought that was really fucking brutal because like they're hit like you, you can feel those punches like back and forth and arnold's like really bleeding Mm-hmm. and all that stuff there's this really funny shot where jesse the body ventura tries to like do this forward kick and like you can tell like he kicks arnold in the face right standing position kicks arnold in the face without mm-hmm. any like prep or lead up just wah kicks him in the face yeah. right but you know got that one a man that side probably couldn't kick higher than his kneecap <laughs> <laughs> it looks so fake but that shit was brutal because in the simulation, he like, he snaps, he snaps Amber's neck mm-hmm. and throws her into barbed wire. He's just like, okay, she's dead. And then like, he pushes Arnold into like the, the spike wall. That's brutal as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's super brutal. It's kind of, it's very jarring because a lot of the fights were almost kind of comical and cartoonish. Yeah. But this one's like a hit of like reality that just kind of took you out for a second you're like oh shit this is this is really dangerous well i think part of that is that you know that they're not dead Mm -hmm. and so the reality of it is you're actually watching your own reality Mm. like your own fake reality yeah it's it almost like 
negates your real reality that you're in mm. while you watch this other thing play out in front of you that yeah. everyone believes. Yeah. So you almost feel like an imposter. Yeah, I get that. And I, like, even as a viewer, you feel like an imposter with them. I think that would have really traumatized me. If I saw that and I'm like, wow, I just saw my own death. That's fucked up. Yeah, because it looks real. You mm. know, like, it looks like that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I want to I wanna take a step and talk about Richard Dawson's character. Mm-hmm. He's like the lifeblood of this movie. Yeah. Every time he's on. I mean, it's, it's that family feud fucking history he has. He plays a game show host, game show host so goddamn well. But every time I see Richard Dawson, I, I assume he's been in other movies, but this is the only one I've ever seen him in. But seeing him in this, I'm just like, he's an evil version of the guy from Family Feud. Here's the funny thing, and I'm going to make a reference to someone who's a host now or has in recent years been one mm. damon killian like the character mm. is a really good villain yeah and just because you're a game show host does not auto- automatically make you a good actor mm, okay so even though richard dawson was playing a game show host and he had been a game show host mm. i'm impressed by the fact that he is a good actor mm. and he's able to pull that part off because he just because you're a game show host does not mean that you're comfortable in that role and acting because if you're acting then you feel like you're acting and then you look like you're acting and you're not you don't look like you're genuine Mm. steve harvey was in a commercial Mm. i don't know if it's like an insurance no at&t it's like for the new samsung 25g Mm. um phone and they're saying you know the best network is at&t blah 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 blah. steve harvey is hosting bingo Mm. and you have this couple who's like isn't this just an okay use of your hosting abilities and he's like you know yeah it is but it's like getting this phone on a different network because you know at&t is the best network but he just looks really uncomfortable Mm. in this role like, even on, on this fucking commercial. Like, he does not look genuine. So mm. I'm saying that even though Damon, uh, even though Richard Dawson looks so genuine, like, I would say don't take that for granted because he's really actually good in this role. Yeah, Richard Dawson, um, I didn't know this. He's a he's British. <laughs> even better, right? Yeah, he's, he's actually good than a, his fucking accent. Yeah, he's a British, British-American actor and comedian comedian game show host he does have uh, he does have some acting spots nothing that really sticks out some of them is actually considered uncredited mm-hmm. um i saw that he was in hogan's heroes oh yeah he was in the odd couple as well fantasy island the love boat but nothing really sticks out oh he's in the new thing dice show too okay cool but whenever they're probably bit parts they're the bit parts are like you know or like a guest, guest star, star. Yeah, guest yeah. star. apparently he was in the alfred hitchcock hitchcock hour and i would actually like to see him in that role because that's really interesting because that's like a that's um that's dark mm-hmm. oh there we go yeah he wasn't hogan's hero he played corporal peter uh newkirk but yeah every time one of the things that really makes this movie so enjoyable it's just seeing richard dawson just like chew the fuck out of every scene mm-hmm. he like just goes at it and i even like that part where he's on the phone and he's like give me the senator Give me the senator's PR. No, get me the president. But he sells it like I own that bitch. Yeah. And that shit is so awesome. 
Um, of I, course, I, I know you kind of like checked out when I was talking about Steve Harvey, mm. but I don't know if you understand what I'm getting at. No, no, I totally, I totally get because I know you're you've seen that commercial. Yeah, I know. I totally get what you're saying, which is kind of funny because he he had his own show, the Steve Harvey show, for a while, but that was his morning. But it was little... genuine. It was like yeah. a, a talk show. He was talking. It's almost like podcasting. No, 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 no. The comedy show, the Steve Harvey show. <laughs> oh, I never heard of it. Fuck. Was it even good? It was on for like five to six seasons. Was so it was good. Yeah, it was good. This that's the show that Cedric the Cedric the Entertainer got his start off on. That's so weird. Yeah. Because even at the end of that commercial, he makes a joke like this person calls bingo, this old lady, and I, he's only called two numbers. He's like, "You can't have bingo. I only called two numbers." You do this every week, but it was so disingenuous. I think because the Steve Harvey show was more in his wheelhouse. It was it was a comedy. It was a straight up like black comedy. So he felt more com- he probably felt more comfortable in that. Now he seems like he's always trying to sell a product. He seems like he's trying to sell black people, and this hmm. is why I'm saying that too because that commercial mm. was a young black couple mm. playing bingo, which mm. is an old white person game. I've never seen. No, but Bingo's a black game too. Not for young people. I've oh, never that's seen true. anyone. I've never seen anyone. Kelsey, e- your ride's here. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. I've never seen anyone younger uh, than I'd say 40. Mm-hmm. Play bingo. Play bingo while being black. I've played bingo in a hall like that. Have you? Yeah. My mom, my mom used to go play bingo, and I came with her a couple of times. It's really rare. I know, no, it is. I get what you're saying. Actually, you know what? Bingo, bingo now is actually a very hip thing for like youngsters to do. But it's a it's a hipster thing. You know what? It's fun. It's a hipster people watching event. Yes, no lie. Because hipsters like to watch old people fight over nothing. No lie. And I love doing that shit too because it's so funny. That was one thing I did enjoy when I did play bingo. I wa- I like watching people just acting a damn fool. Oh, I got bingo. No, you didn't! Like, the screaming <laughs> and shit. Okay, so we're running a bit long here, so let's go ahead and do the uh, whole connection thing and see who did it better. Um, the whole... The um, most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Who do you think did it better, the hunt or the running man? The running man. The running man. I, I fully agree with you on that. I'll tell you why. The rain kind of sounds like clapping people. I know they're agreeing. They're agreeing with us. <laughs> yeah, golf clapping. <laughs> um, here's why I think it works out the out of it's better than the um, hunt. We get both sides of the most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. We get the stalkers who come off as very menacing, mm-hmm. very evil. Like you would not want to be in a room with these people. Yeah. At the same time, we get Arnold and even a couple of his guys. Um, what's the uh, actor's name? I'm forgetting. Um, not Jim Brown because blah, blah 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 blah. Marvin J. Uh, Harold, Marvin J. McIlkirk, and McIntyre. Yeah, McIntyre, and then Mick Fleetwood as Mick. Sorry. Um, we even got a sense of like they could be well, especially Arnold. Arnold could be the dangerous game. Yeah. You know, so we got both sides. I mean, unfortunately, like both his friends die later on, but we got a sense that. Arnold was very dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it works out. It works better than the hunt. Even though, it, it, yeah, because the hunt, um, Betty Gibson, she comes up as badass, but everyone just kind of seems to be like fumbling around. Oh, yeah, everyone's just fumbling around. I think it's the thing that makes it work 
is there are actual stakes. Mm. Um, even though you don't really get a backstory of the stalkers, you feel a connection with them because you're scared of them mm-hmm. or you're you're supposed to be afraid of them. Yeah. Um, you get a connection with the people who are in the game because you want them to survive. Mm. And um, you know from start to finish the reason that this movie is continuing on. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of correction on my part. His name is, uh, what's his name? Yefen Koto. Yefen Koto. That's William. He played William. Yefen Koto was Arnold's friend and the running man. You know, I feel like I have to correct that. Marvin J. Mc, what's his name? McTree? How do you say? McTreeny? McIntyre. McIntyre. Doi. Yeah. Harold. Yeah. Um, I, I felt more th- threat from Yef and Koto. But Yef and Koto's in James Bond, Live and Let Die. So mm. he's very menacing in that movie. Yeah. Also, Heat and Night, too. That's a great movie and show. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I'm going off. Anyway. You have anything else to add to that? Uh, we have to talk about does it hold up? Does it hold up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it totally fucking relates to everything that's going on these days. Yeah, we are about a month away from playing the Running Man in real life. (laughs) Uh, Even though this technically happened three years ago. Yes, the movie takes place in 2017. Holy shit, it happened three years ago. I still think it holds up. It's a fun movie to watch while you're drinking, or why it's it's got that nostalgia feel to it, but it totally deserves it because it's actually shot really well. the The plot is kind of really it's kind of thin Even the it was ending like, is kind of misplaced <laughs> with that fucking kiss yeah that kiss between uh amber and ben richards yeah it is misplaced but it you know it's 80s you know it, the guy had to get the girl at the end with a kiss yeah even though he didn't really want her at all for the whole entire film yeah that there was no there was no connection between the two yeah all right Okay, so let's go ahead and end this bad boy, Yorby. Um, you can find the show on all podcast catchers. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get it. Stitcher. Stitcher. Um, so the announcement we're going to make is um, we have to change up the show for the foreseeable future. Because of COVID-19. Yeah, the coronavirus is pretty scary and real and a lot of people are panicking um when we went to go see the hunt there was maybe like a total of maybe six people in the theater mm-hmm. including us yep well we watched it and a lot of movies have been pushed back which really fucks up our yeah. our list of we were, we're looking forward to so many things that are now just like yeah i think like next week we were gonna do like the quiet place too we were yeah. getting ready we were still deciding what movie we we're gonna watch for which i heard that it's actually really good and i was really looking yeah. forward to it we were looking forward to doing fast nine i was actually thinking about maybe we do a special mm-hmm. on the latest fast and furious movie um but like i said a lot of those movies are getting pushed back so we're gonna change up the show what we're gonna do the one of the main re- the main reasons why we do this show is actually for Kel- Kelsey's purpose. Kelsey didn't grow up watching a lot of these movies, and I'm a film junkie. I love showing people movies. I like having discussion with people about old movies. Kelsey's great at having having this discussion. So the main one of the main purposes is introduce 
What? Sorry, the cat was like stretching and her paw oh. went out <laughs> over the the edge of the staircase. Like, yeah, he's like, she's coming out of the abyss. Yeah, pockets reaching like, stop, yeah, just get to the point. <laughs> so, Kelsey, um, so what we're so I like showing Kelsey a lot of these old movies. Um, we just felt like we can do a podcast about it. So, we are going to still continue with the show, but since a lot of movies got pushed back, there will pretty much be no recent review unless we find something on Netflix or Hulu that really stands out. We might even open it up to shows if we can if we find something binge-worthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do that. We yeah, can do, do that, special. too. I, I think that would be great because, yeah. I mean, I like the whole film format. I think mm. it's easier, but... Sometimes it's, I think it'd be fun to do a show. Yeah, really dissect the whole season or something like that. Yeah. And we are going, the way we're going to do it now is um, each show maybe might be like an hour long. Uh, we're, we're still going to talk about Westworld. So that might be covered like the first half. But the second half is we're just going to tackle a geriatric cinematic type movie. And that'll probably shorten our... Yeah, and that'll shorten our time. Podcast a little bit. Yeah, and the way how we're going to be able to relate that to what's going on or a connection to it is just we're going to just find something that's current, you know? Um, like, for example, next week's episode, we are doing 1978's Evasion of the Body Snatchers. And the connection, or in this case, the topic... Kelsey, you want to tell me what the topic is? Um... Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Kind of kind of current right now. Pandemonium. Yeah. Because yeah. so you can't even find bread at a panaderia. Can't find bread. Can't find water. Well, fuck toilet paper. No hand sanitizer. Oh, technically it has a hole in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can expect... Easy clean up, too. I know. <laughs> you can expect that... Uh, from us next week our episodes might actually come out maybe a day or two sooner since these since these movies are so easy accessible now and you know it's the whole scheduling of like because we got lives and we had to find, try to find time where we we're going to these movies so we actually might start releasing the episodes maybe like a day earlier or something like that westward comes on sunday we might record that day or something like that and give our thoughts about it and then like release it like on monday or on yeah. tuesday or something like that um so yeah i mean that's that's gonna be it for our show for this week um we hope you guys are doing um doing okay out there i know it's going pretty crazy but hopefully it won't be as crazy as time goes on um i keep my dumb ass decided to watch contagion the steven soderbergh film and every time i'm watching i'm just like i need to stop watching this This is a a nightmare scenario (laughs) i do not want to live uh so yeah that's about it kelsey you have anything to add anything to throw in I'm looking forward to showing you a little princess. Oh, that's right. You want me to sh- you've been wanting to show me that movie for a while. And I don't think everything we watch has to be related to something that's going on. Yeah, maybe it can probably be like maybe it's like a movie that has a personal connection to us or something. We can maybe tell like a little story. Mm-hmm. Like this movie's this, it affected me this, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So maybe we can kinda of do it like that. But we'll we'll give you guys a heads up. You know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, we do regular updates, you know. So if anything changes, you'll see it right there. Mm-hmm. But as of now, we are doing 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And that's going to be it for our show. I want to bid you guys adieu. But before we close, I would like to share a little bit of knowledge. 
with one from one Amber Mendez, played by Maria Conchita Alonso, and her very powerful words. Because there's nothing funny about a dickless moron with a battery up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> 